Call Steve Witherup. Calling Steve Witherup. Mobile. What's up? Hey, man. Hey. I'm going to. Thought about just letting it go to voicemail and <laughs> just to see if you would have left that in or not. I would have. I would have just. Uh... I would have just done the entire podcast on your voicemail. On, <laughs> well, yeah, my friend had a voicemail set up that, you know, I'm sure obviously a lot of people have done this, but it's like, you know, hello, and <laughs> a little bit of a pause, and what's that? A little bit of a pause. Sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> and um, I felt like I, I fell for it 30, 40% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a uh, that's an old faithful that that can't get used anymore because it, the lady talks to you first. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, a, that's a bygone era. Oh man. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna see you in a couple hours, which is cool. Oh, very cool. <laughs> you you did know that. Uh, probably not as soon as I should have, but that's, that's fine. I, I mean, I'm excited. That's very cool. I don't but, know. I don't know if this is a bit or not. No, it, it isn't. I'm just trying uh, to be honest. I'm trying to think of it to how to say it in a way that doesn't make me look irresponsible, but because I'm not obvious, well, <laughs> not obviously maybe, but Beth, very, very much like not intentionally keeps things from me, but like, <laughs> you know, the, the, those types of things as far, well, you know, scheduling with people and things like that. I don't know in advance and it's more like, Hey, you know, Joseph and Chelsea are going to swing by in three minutes. <laughs> That's fine. No, you have no opportunity to get out of it. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have a family calendar? Uh, Chelsea does that functions as our family calendar. I, anytime people want to schedule stuff with us, I say talk to Chelsea because I, my constant reaction is yes, of course, let's do it. And then I will never follow up. So it'll either just never happen or I'll say, yeah, I mean, just come over tonight. And Chelsea will say, you idiot. I like this is, you know, we had this thing that I can't get out of that has been on the calendar for weeks. So, um, it's, I guess it's very similar in that way. Yeah. Can you believe it's June? <laughs> yeah, that snuck up. Well, uh, it was funny. The kids the other day <laughs> basically said, I forget what brought it up, but I found out that they were already on summer vacation, <laughs> you, you know? Right. And, and not just by a couple of days. I thought they, I thought they had a couple of days this week to finish up, but I told them, it's like, you know, this in a sense has sped up time because we pay less attention to it. Right. And, um, and it's the most anticlimactic transition from school into summer break that you could possibly imagine. 
so, you know, you almost get robbed of that a little bit uh, if if you're a kid. Not that they're probably complaining, but but summer those last couple of weeks of school, you are like, it it means something when you're you get to June and it's just right. felt like since I guess whatever March 10th or whatever, whenever everything started, we've just been perpetually in like. But it hasn't felt like beginning of summer. It's felt like the end of summer or something. Like it hasn't had the same kind of like, heck yes, obviously, because of everything that's going on. But it's just been kind of weird. It's just been, I saw somebody tweet the other day, uh, 2020, uh, I'm not counting this towards my towards my age. Next <laughs> next year, I'm just <laughs> saying, we're going we're gonna to just suspend time for a year. Yeah, it yeah, it it's definitely one for the for the record books, I guess. And again, one of my kids said the other day that this will be in the history books and they're going to be able to tell their kids or whatever that yep, I was right in the middle of that. I mean, if you had told to which me which I replied to which I replied, "Boy, you're being very optimistic." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, provided 2027 is, you know, a thing. Yeah, the the idea that uh, coronavirus would not be the number one thing we're talking about six days ago, like, right. or whatever, I, it's it's just a insane three or four month stretch here. And, uh, no, you're right. And obviously all jokes aside, you know, this, the, with the whole riots and everything, it's just unbelievably awful. And just, it is amazing though, how something can like, what could happen that could completely push a global pandemic under the carpet? I mean, you know, it, it's, that's the thing that I, I think people will, not understand, you know, in 20 years, if 20 years from now exists is, is just how unbelievably, uh, like dominated our conscious was and our attention was by this pandemic. And now the idea that, you know, 50,000 people in Philadelphia yesterday were marching the streets, like the, and I don't even mean it in terms of the virus, because I guess we'll see how bad it was in two weeks. I just mean it has to be a, an un like a I don't know. It has to be a ridiculous thing to happen to get people from being truly locked in their homes to two straight weeks now of demonstrations. You know, I I think that that juxtaposition of people being locked in their homes for three months and then willing to come out in mass is regardless of what you think about it in terms of the pandemic is a remarkable thing in human history. Yeah. Abs yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, it would, t what, if you were wondering what it would take to get people to overcome their 
fears of gathering, you know, we found it like, and obviously I'm glad. No, I mean, obviously I'm not glad that the events occurred, but it's, it's kind of a refreshing revelation that it matters so much to us that we are willing to overcome our quarantine is is a way because it's valuable that we give voice to it. Yeah. One, one human life is important enough, you know, and it, it obviously, it was on video. It was, uh, it was not a gunshot. There was no, uh, there's no argument to be made for why it was justified. You know, it's just the most right. clear, clearly inhumane, um, barbaric kind of a thing. And so, you know, it, uh, it, in that way, I, I think I feel similarly to you. It's, it, there is something hopeful about it that like, we still have some shred of humanity in us that sees that and says, you know, enough's enough. And there's been major, you know, there's been major changes that are starting to happen. And, you know, it's becoming more of a national conversation, um, than it ever has. And I, I don't know, it, it feels different this time. Yeah. And I think it feels different because so, like you said, it's it's not a it's not a matter of the debate is not centered around like you know was it justified should the police officer be charged and you know and there's like two sides to that coin it's it you, that's not where the the debate lies the, it it's more of a like this okay the way that the way that we are policed and the way that this whole thing is structured needs to be needs to be looked at, you know, and, um, and, and so with the conversation and the challenges being placed there, then I, I think that that's why it feels a little bit different. And I think that's why it feels like there is going to be more of a, of a lasting impact. Uh, James Ford put out a video yesterday and he said that there's, there's been a momentum shift. Like there's, there's some, there's a serious wave of energy here and, and essentially don't take your foot off the gas pedal. Don't, uh, don't let up because don't let this just be one big flare up that kind of everybody settles back into what's normal. Let it, uh, you know, let's all question the foundations and the roots, uh, the root causes of all this stuff and start to change systems and, power structures. And anyway, I, I'm hopeful about all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I know it's obvious time will tell to see, um, how far momentum can take, can take it and, you know, and how, and how much people are willing to continue to give their, their energy towards it. For sure. Um, and, but yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful and optimistic as, as well. So, well, today is uh, Trinity Sunday, right? It is. I, uh, 
I've spent the last few days just reading uh, stuff on the Trinity from people that I respect and uh, Rowan Williams and Robert Jensen and Roar, of course. And um, I think I saw a tweet yesterday from a pastor, a lady that's a pastor, I think out West. And she said, oh, gosh, I hate, I hate when I have sniffles on this because it, that's it, an odd thing for her to tweet. <laughs> if like in conversation, I could do that a thousand times and it not, it not be anything, but on this microphone, it just sounds like a, a, a I don't know, stupid anyway. Um, do you, do you know, um, Oh, what's his name? Uh, like Zizek is the last name, like Slavok Zizek, the Russian or the philosopher. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He like, I, I like listening to his thoughts, but he, he sniffs like he's doing cocaine throughout his talk Ooh. and he, and plus, I mean, not to sound whatever, but with his thick accent, it's hard to listen to. Let me tell you, let me tell you why I stopped listening to a podcast and will not listen ever again. This guy is pretty smart, has good content, is like kind. I I pretty much respect him. I've I've only read him before and the podcast that he is a part of now. He does that really really strange Christian guttural like Mm, or mm, sound after every sentence of the other person that's talking. Yeah. And it is, I mean, it's a deal breaker. I can't do it. It, uh, it is, uh, yeah, it's awful. So, Also, remind me at the end of this to tell you something funny that won't be on the podcast. <laughs> okay, good. All right, yeah, I will. Um, anyway... So this lady uh, tweeted, I think it was yesterday, and she's a pastor out west, and she said, um, just a reminder that any of your metaphors about the Trinity are not good. Like, it, <laughs> don't try, basically, is because w- whether it's a youth group version of uh, water existing in three different types or whatever, uh, it's just not going to be good. It's not going to even come close. Um, but that's, as I've been reading and stuff, I've, I've kind of uh, come into, uh, or I've encountered that sort of sentiment, is that like it, you can continue to read about it and, and try to think about it, and it is, uh, I think it's supposed to be really tough to try to fit into any sort of logical system in your brain. Does that make sense? Well, it's not, you know, as far as if you want to call it a doctrine or whatever, like, you know, as far, as far as doctrines go, there are some that are a little bit more just, um, able to be intellectually articulated or, you know, thing, uh, things like that. But Trinity is not, it's not one of those. It's, it's almost, like it's almost like it's not necessarily a belief as much as it is an experience. And yeah. we'll we'll get into that more 
um, as we as we talk to it a little bit more. But it's it, it. I mean, the word itself didn't even come into existence until when it was the third or fourth century, right? So, yeah, it's a late late addition or a late kind of uh, thing that they finally put some language to. Yeah, and it is. It's 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 about it's about a it's about a way of describing your experience of God more than just this odd thing that we're just supposed to pretend that we all believe. <sighs> Sorry, yawn. Yeah, exactly. I I um I think I think a lot of us have not really wrestled with how strange or how scandalous it is. Um, I well, go ahead. No, sorry, I finished that thought. No, 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 you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say to your point there, like because basically what it is, and then and I know that this is complete, you know, an over. Uh, uh, it's too much of a summary of it in a sense, too much of a condensed version, but you know, three in one, you know, so, right. um, one God, three, however, you know, different ways of people have said it, three persons, three essences, three, um, whatever, father, son, Holy spirit, you know, so is it three gods or is it one God? It's all, no, you know, yes, it's one, it's, it's one and three. And then like you alluded to the, you know, the youth group metaphors, like what, I mean, what all of you heard, I'm sure you've heard that the egg, you know, the, the right. yolk, whatever, the, the white in the shell, but it's still an egg, you know, all of those, all steam water, what you alluded to the steam water ice, but it's still water. And, and I think, you know, of course we're, those come out of, of good places trying to explain and give language to, to something. But, but I do, I just really think that, um, it, it's not, it isn't something that, that you can just put on paper in a sense that just says, this is the doctrine of the Trinity. Like, and, and here's a strange statement then is as an odd of a thing as it is. And again, as we talk a little bit more about it, this will make more sense, but as odd of a, of a doctrine or belief, as it is, and, and almost a, a thing that we don't talk about that much, it is on my very, very short list of why I am a Christian. Yeah, it's, it, it, is a, it is something that when you do internalize it and, you know, wrestle with it, and, you know, maybe we'll get into this later, but almost uh, a better way of saying it would be wrestle within it, you know, and I think it does become something that's super prominent. It feels like movement or something, uh, within God. I talking about, uh, talking about the scandalous part of it. I I read this long speech that Rowan Williams, who was the archbishop of Canterbury, which sounds like a, sounds like he's a cartoon character. Uh, like what's sounds like Canterbury tales. Well, it sounds like, it sounds like he's, He's like a religious villain in uh, Robin Hood or something. <laughs> this is the Archbishop of Canterbury. Anyway, uh, he he was doing this uh, this speech at like an interfaith 
thing with Muslims. And <clears throat> basically, he the first part of his remarks are him talking about how to most uh, to most Muslims, the Christian faith sounds like pantheism because of the Trinity, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And and so then he started talking about the Jewish concept of of God and the fact that you know uh, they they share this with Islam that this central tenet of God being one God is one and um, and so then he kind of he he changes some of the reference not reference points but he changes uh, some of the language of how the Trinity is described to to show that God is still one even like. There's there's three distinct I can't remember the word he uses uh, like relationalities or so, something like that, um, but that within that the the idea that God is still one is is still present and so anyway in reading that it just made me sort of realize uh, get like the outside looking in vantage point on yeah the Trinity is kind of weird it's kind of a strange thing to try to explain if it hasn't been something that you've just always heard yeah but i think i think when spoken to in certain ways it's something that we all we all know to be true Mm -hmm. because i think you know in in a very simplified way of saying it it's it's it means that relatedness is at the center or at the core of everything, you know, like the word given to it. Um, finally in the, uh, I believe it was the fourth century was the, the term perichoresis was, was ascribed to it, you Mm -hmm. know, and which basically means a circle dance or the dance of love or, uh, you know, so it's like this, this flow or this relate that's relational exchange. Like it's, that is, that's what defines all of reality. Like out of that, out of this divine flow or this divine relatedness out of that is what flows all of reality, all of it's what reality is. Exactly. And so it makes sense because the, the reality that we experience and and know is the logical outflow of that being true. And people are going to hear this and think that it just sounds like some sort of new agey kind of whatever, but it is, I mean, it is absolutely there. That what, what Steve just said is exactly what this concept is. It is, you know, Rohr calls it the divine dance, it is this kind of uh, animated relationality between beings that that is the shape of what our reality is. That I, I've come to know that I think. Yeah, and you know, and I know I've already said this, so you know, not just to be repetitive, but um, like that is not something just to arrive at intellectually. That like understanding that only comes through participating in the world in a certain way. Yeah. Like to, to, to un- because think about it in this way. So like we, you know, you hear, you hear certain um, people talk about, 
you know, uh, how do I want to say it? I'm, I'm not trying to create a straw man, you know, or anything like that. But, sure. you know, you hear it said like, well, it's not about it's not about just doing the right thing. It's all about relationship, mm-hmm. you know. So you you hear that. But if I'm honest, a lot like sometimes that doesn't sit right. And and I think that a lot of times when the word relationship is brought into this idea of faith, it's usually either like a couple of things. One, it's, you know, maybe about evangelism. So it's like, you know, you can't just yell at people to believe in God. You've got to befriend them first, you know, that mm-hmm. whole um, friendship evangelism. Or it's it's about like, well, you have to um, – it's not about just doing the right thing. It's about having a relationship with Jesus, you know, and, and I'm obviously not saying that that's not true, but that's almost like, well, what does that look like? And and I'm supposed to just pretend I understand exactly what that means in terms of the way that I understand relationship with, you know, what my parents or my siblings or, you know, or husband or wife or anything like that. But it's like this idea of relatedness being at the core and the foundational thing that defines life is it's deeper than that. You know, it's more, it's more woven into the very way in which we experience and express life. It's not just about, Hey, it's all about relationships. So let's go you know, skateboard together instead of do Bible study together. Right. You know, it's it's the way all of this plays out. It's about like squirrels and oak trees and acorns. You know, it's For like sure. it's it's how it it's how it is expressed and how do we participate in that? Yeah, a hundred percent. I Roar, uh, I was reading this before before we started, and it's just a couple of, uh, like maybe one or two paragraphs, and I think it's similar to what we're talking about right now. Um, he says, Genesis describes the creative plan. Uh, then God said, let us create in our own image, in the likeness of ourselves. The Hebrew text daringly uses plural pronouns, and I suspect uh, a Christian would say, that the deep Jewish intuition was correct, which is again shown in Genesis 18 with the three visitors to Abraham and perhaps the book of Job, which seems to speak of a divine counsel that confers with itself. Um, Then he goes on, he's talking about the relatedness of everything, and he says, the energy in the universe... um, Oh, you're going to like this. He says, the energy in the universe is not in the planets nor in the atomic particles, but very surprisingly in the relationship between them. It's not the cells of organisms, but the way the cells feed and give feedback to one another through semi-permeable membranes. The energy is not in any precise definition or in the partly arbitrary names of the three persons of the Trinity as much as in the relationship between between the three. This is where all the power for infinite renewal is at work. The The loving relationship between them, the infinite love between them, the dance itself. In other words, it's an entirely relational universe. If at any time we try to stop this flow moving through us, with us, and in us, we fall into the true state of sin, 
and it's truly a state more uh, and it's truly a state and it's truly a state more than uh, momentary behavior. Isn't that good? Yeah, that's fantastic. And and it does it speaks to so like you know I know that you know this week isn't you know Genesis three we're not talking about like you know whatever you want to call it fall or sin or whatever but it's like it kind of helps like define what that is whatever stops the flow right exactly and so whatever you think happened in the picking of the fruit at the center of that is it like you said it it stopped it stopped the flow or it it broke from that it stepped outside of that divine relatedness in the way in which yes in the way in which they were called to be participants in it and it seems and it seems lofty and it seems hard to understand and you wish who was i who was i listening to um, I think it was Chris Green who we had on last week. Um, somebody asked him to give an elevator pitch for something, and I can't remember what the concept was. But what what would be your thirty second thing? And he said, I, "There isn't one. Like I'm, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even try. Like it's not." <laughs> it. He said, "We have we have this really intense desire for things to be able to be boiled down like that because." You know, it's it's why it's why we love sermons that have things that rhyme and th- these little right. cute phrases and things like that because we feel like we've got there's handles for them. We can we can wrap our heads around that. And you know, there I guess there's a place for that. I, I if I'm uh I was pressure washing my driveway yesterday and I don't want to listen to really heady stuff. I just wanted to laugh. So like podcasts are great so there are tons of great podcasts for that that you just turn your brain off and you can just laugh at very simple easy to understand things um but this is not one of those and so i was listening to a a a podcast about not not yesterday doing the driveway but um a couple of days ago about space and you know without getting into two into the weeds with this conversation was just talking about the scale of, you know, the universe and it, it just hurts. It hurts your brain to try to even come close to understanding just our galaxy, let alone, you know, however many trillion galaxies there are. And, um, I, I think that we should be in that place when we're considering God as much as possible. And, and so when you go to that place, when you are in the, you know, you're in the place where your mind is being bent and you are kind of uh, willing to, to say, I don't understand, then something like God as flow or dance or relatedness or these things that we're saying, it, it feels like it's, uh, it feels like, uh, what, what am I trying to say? it feels like we inch closer to, to what is really true. Um, even if it is just kind of like pointing in a direction rather than describing, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, um, it does. Uh, tell me what you think about this. Cause I, when I was thinking about, 
about this about trinity as you know this divine dance or flow like you know how there's always that there's always that fine line between um like sometimes there's a there's a fine line between powerful thought and eye-rolling cheesiness you know so like when you say things like life is a dance like that sounds that's a country song that's not a right you know but let's let's shake uh let's get away from the cheesy side of that and really think of it in like as a driving metaphor for our existence and when we when we understand life as an expression uh life's expression being a dance it needs a foundational rhythm right Mm -hmm. and so what what trinity is or part of what trinity is is it is the foundational music or the foundational rhythm that life dances to and so that that can go one of two ways both of which are true because so for some for some they prefer a bit more structured way of being and so when they hear um when they hear that it sounds too mystical right in a sense but but that can be it can become extremely practical because certain dances are, are are choreographed you know and so they need to live in in a little bit more of a choreographed sense and so they understand god as not in a bad way but you know in a, in a good way is the is the rule giver is the establisher of law and 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 things like that and 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 so they live in that type of way while others need to feel a little bit more liberated to improvise you know and so right. both both can exist in a way that makes sense to the to, uh, out of the same foundational rhythm so out of this same foundational rhythm you can have this this more structured choreographed dance or you can have a a more liberated freestyle improvised way of of dancing but both but but then what is also possible in that in a way that becomes very hard to explain but you know it when you see it is a way of living that is just out of touch with that foundational rhythm absolutely and so, and so that is a way that i would explain and there's many ways to talk about sin and there's many ways to talk about those sorts of things but it's like this way of being in the world that is just able to be recognized as out of sync with the foundational rhythm it's like this you know and we've all like again whether it's choreographed or improvised there's way of there's ways of moving that a lot that are, are aligned with that rhythm and there are ways of moving that are just able to be recognized as out of sync with that rhythm mm-hmm. and so like you know when you look at when you look at things like racism or, or you know treating the planet in destructive ways and um you know create that long list of certain things it's like it just is out of rhythm with the foundational beat. That's, I think it's a fantastic way of putting it. And I know what you mean by wanting to avoid 
falling into the ditch of being just purely cheesy or whatever, or overextending a metaphor. I think Roar said in a podcast that I heard a few days ago uh, that any metaphor arrives with a limp, basically, like it's always going to be limited or whatever. Uh, But I, I think, I think you're right on. And, you know, if, yeah, I, I don't even want to put too many specifics to it because I think that it just speaks for itself. I think people can see and, you know, I, I think it's obvious. I mean, the reason people are writing and, and, uh, and I shouldn't even say writing. The, reasons, the reason that people are demonstrating in the streets peacefully and marching and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people around the globe are all kind of uh animated by the same thing the same kind of they're they're outraged and trying to create a better future uh you know they're they saw something that was and they are they have seen a pattern of things that have been out of sync with what the foundational rhythm of the universe is and so they're trying to march to get things back in the right order and you know dancing to the right beat so to speak yeah and you know and you can just tell when someone is like if there's this i don't even if there's a specific rhythm you know and and someone is just doing their own thing it just it stands out for sure as, you know and and you don't even have to necessarily speak to the specifics of the actions all the time because it's like hey you shouldn't be moving your left arm that way you know or the right arm it's like it's just this more generic sense of like you know man you're 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 not listening to the heartbeat of life you're doing your own thing here and it's obvious to a lot of us and and i i don't even think i care because that it i understand that this sounds like you got to get in the flow, man. Like, right. And I, I don't care. Cause I, I think that it's just true. I think that, I think that w- what you're saying and what we're getting at is just, it has that ring of what is, is real and true. And, um, w- whatever that is flow, dance movement. I think movement's another, uh, good one. And something that's resonated with me. I've felt, when things are uh, stagnant and backed up and flow is not there. I mean, you, you see it even in uh, people that are extremely greedy, you know, that kind of like example of a roommate that, uh, that writes with Sharpie on bananas and uh, <laughs> you know, that kind of a person that's like, Oh man, I saw there's a married couple I think we've probably talked about this before, but there's a, uh, there's a Venmo. You can see like people put publicly where they're sending money. I know this is foreign to you. Yeah. I've, I've, I know that we've talked about this cause this is dumbfounding to you, but people will say like, you know, for the tacos, it used to say how much it was. Now it just says that there's a transaction. And I was on there the other day, somebody had sent me something and, uh, a married couple, there was like three or four in a row they they have a they just had their first baby together and it was it, the the memo line was uh one half of their daughter's name babysitting and i it just <laughs> dude there's just no way to describe how 
infuriating and bizarre that is to me. And maybe they're not super greedy. Maybe that's just their, the way they work things out, whatever. But you know people that are so stingy. You know that everything that comes to them is is being hoarded and it's never leaving you know their death grip on it. And it just, they're not, they're not letting movement come through them. And the place, the times that I feel the most healthy are when I feel like I am an open thing that movement, water, dance, whatever can flow through. Well, and it's because, you know, the idea of, of the Trinity is sacrificial and self giving for the good of the other. Yes. You know? And so, and what is interesting too is, um, I don't know if you've heard of, uh, Cynthia, I, I always Bor- feel Borgeau like I, or Borgeau yeah, or something. I always feel like I mispronounce her last name, but but she's done a lot of work on like the idea of the ancient thought of three being necessary because because uh, two two produces a stagnant dualistic standoff. It can be in competition. It can be uh, that kind of fifty fifty impasse in in immobile or whatever yes and the idea of three being necessary in order to promote uh dynamic progression and growth and uh continued becoming i've heard her talk about that too does she call it the rule of three or something like yeah. that yeah yeah um that's great that's fantastic yeah yeah and um you know and and that's what uh, and that's what we get. Like when Jesus even says, you know, before the beginning of time, I can't remember exactly how he says, it, but before, you know, beginning of time, you know, the father and the son, they're glorifying each other. Yes. You know, the book, of, the book of John says, and it's like it, it. So it's relationship. If relatedness is at the core of it, that doesn't eliminate, you know, sacrifice for the for the good i mean it 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 demands it and it calls for it Mm -hmm. um one laying down certain things for the sake of the the dynamic moving forward of the whole thing for sure i mean i've even heard roar talk about how uh how marriages um ought to always have some third thing that is becomes the object of the the love that the two of them have together. So like whether it's a kid or even, you know, he he talks about pets as being that. Otherwise, it's the the two aspect of it, it just back and forth and in competition with one another. It needs some outlet that is uh you know, not directly one of them or whatever. And so I I think that I, when you see it as sort of the shape of everything, it, it does filter its way down all the way into all the specifics. Uh, you know, it just, it makes sense. And it speaks, and it speaks to how, so like whatever it is, whatever, however you want to define the defining foundation of all of this, if that, if the way in which that is being expressed is broken, it speaks then to how it is that, healing is experienced mm-hmm. and so like you know if if it is just this thor like god who um created a list of demands that uh is to be imposed on 
creation in us, then the answer to that is, you know, although maybe hard, somewhat simple and easy because like, okay, I guess we just need to think differently or we just need to act differently in a way that um, obeys those demands or, or satisfies those demands. But if, if relationship and love, this divine love is at the center of it all, then the healing of that is going to be very hard Mm -hmm. because anyone who has in any form has experienced brokenness within relationship, which of course all of us have, then we also understand that the work that leads to healing is necessary, but not fun. Absolutely correct. I think you're right on. Um, and that, and that, and you know, and again, and that's not when we say relationship at the foundation. I mean, we're not just speaking to, you know, whether it's broken marriages or parent-child relationships. Of course, that is involved in a bit. Like I'm talking too about, like, you know, again, whether it's uh, the way in which we handle creation and or the, you know, the way in which we handle racism and things like that. It's 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 not just a matter of it. It is a matter of behaving differently, but it's not just a matter of behaving differently. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's tougher than that. And and we need to be aware of that and be willing to do the hard work of healing the relatedness of it. Or we may end up with just a facade that looks like a better way of being waiting to crumble whenever it's met with its next hardship. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I wanted to, I wanted us to end with this, uh, sort of like you talk about some people are, are better with imp- like improvisational kind of dance. Some people, uh, it's more structured or choreographed. Um, this is Robert Jensen. He's a brilliant theologian guy. He, he says it a little bit more, in a choreographed way, less than, you know, flow and river and movement and dance and all that. But he says, uh, he's talking about the Lord's prayer when Jesus teaches us how to pray. And he of course says our father. So this is the little paragraph for a few sentences. He says, it's the hour in there that counts. Jesus himself always addressed God this way. And Jesus invited his disciples to piggyback on his own relationship to God. So we pray to Jesus' Father with him, with the Son, and in the Spirit, who is the spiritual energy by which or whom we hope to do that. In this respect, the whole doctrine of the Trinity can be explained by simply remarking that Christians pray to the Father with the Son in the Spirit and are convinced that by doing so, they are properly caught up in the story that God lives with his people. Isn't that such a succinct way of saying that? Yeah, it is. And I love it yeah. because we always end our services or these podcasts with the Lord's Prayer, and I think that it just is a nice reminder that this this idea of Trinity is always with us. It's all it's something that even if it's uh, even if we're not aware of it, is still sort of a a thing that's present in front of us um, in our lives. All yeah, always always welcoming us to be a part of it, and. And that, you know, I, I, it's not like I haven't mentioned this before, but the idea that Jesus invites us in the Lord's Prayer 
and with his life to that like we are caught up into the trinitarian life we we he brings us into that flow and we're allowed to kind of participate in that communication the mutual uh self-serving self-sacrificial love that whole thing that's i mean that in and of itself is enough to blow your mind for a while well i'm sure you heard this story but the you know the the Russian painter Rublev, who created the most famous Russian icon with the the painting of the Trinity, um, the depiction of the Trinity. Um, there was some there was some residue on the painting, and the suspicion, like where something used to be that is no longer, mm-hmm. and the suspicion is that there. So there was three images depicting Father, Son, and Spirit. And then the the thought was that the that there used to be a mirror glued mm. to this icon because the observer was invited to participate in that relationship of father, son, and spirit. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. Have you been have you been sitting on that the the entire podcast, knew it, knowing that you were gonna say it? Uh, well, what you just said reminded me of that. That's fantastic. You can't even script yeah. that. That's a really beautiful uh, kind of final thought. Yeah. Um, well, good. Well, do you just want to you want to pray for us? Yeah. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you invite us into your life, into your flow, and um, let us uh, let us be. Uh, like channels or whatever for your energy that you you flow through us. You, we're full of your spirit. We're full of your essence. And um, so, Lord, we just pray that we would continue that. Lord, help us to be the people of God on mission in the world. Help us to be a people full of love, full of courage. Um, wow, Zeke is also in the flow. Uh, help us to... Um, Help us to bring your life into the world more and more. Help us to see the the things that stop the flow, the things that are um, uh, things that break up the dance. Lord, help us to help us to mend those things. Help us to bring justice to the world. Help us to um, embody uh, what it means to be your children in ways that make the world better. Lord, and um, we do just pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. All right, well, we'll we're going to get ready and head that way here in a minute. All right, cool. All right, I'll see you. Hey, are you there? Uh, what? What was are the last you thing you said? Yeah, I'm here. Hold on. Okay. Hold All on. Right. I'm stopping the recording.